0: Well, last week, we, uh, we had our Mission Summit, and we had over 100 folks uh, join us for Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the Mission Summit, and we had folks like the Juilliards here along with several other families, and uh, it was an incredible, incredible time um, of pouring into each other, and as James mentioned, we were able to send out a couple of those families with your generosity, uh, more than they could have ever hoped for uh, financially to get them through this next um, season for them, and uh, so that was on Sunday, and then Monday morning morning, bright and early. Uh, David, our conduit mission director, uh, along with uh, Pastor Darren and his daughter Ashley and a few others headed to Atlanta to catch a plane to head to Uganda. And so uh, it's been a busy, busy uh, couple weeks around here. And for them, I don't know, I'm not sure, Jane, it took like 43 hours for them to get from Nashville to uh, middle of nowhere, Kampala uh, Uganda. Um, we say Kampala, Uganda, because that's like the closest city where they're at, but it's really about two hours north in the middle of nowhere, and it's pretty incredible what's happening there. And so while they're there, they uh, have the opportunity to go visit and see and meet and greet the two churches that we've planted over the past two years. Um, it's called Conduit of Life Church. There's two different ones, and they it, the, the word conduit translates a little different for them, and so uh, it's interesting to kind of hear them say it. But we've had the opportunity to plant a third church uh, today, this morning, like today, like right now, they're literally having a service, launching a third church in Kampala, Uganda. Um, It's a large tent meeting, Um, they expected a few hundred, and right before service, Darren texted and let us know that over a thousand people showed up, uh, which is crazy. Um and, and when we say it's a remote part of Africa, I, I really don't know how to describe it. Maybe we look at this map over here, but it is it is so remote. Um and so the word starts getting out in these villages and they just come. And uh he was able to share that uh he said handfuls, he's like, We don't have a count yet. We're not really good at that when we're in the middle of it, but he said handfuls of families. There's they were still streaming in. Um Had turned their back on Islam and witchcraft this morning and gave their hearts to the Lord today. And so that church is up and running. Um, It's really exciting. And so, Sue, we have a a quick uh, video from them to share this morning. Hey, guys. Hello from Uganda. We love you guys. We miss you guys. Just want to say thank you so much for keeping us in your prayers. Behind us is the tent where we're meeting this morning, and you see the structure where they've already started building this new church. There are hundreds of people here. The service is going great, Uh, but we're praying for you guys this morning as well, and keep us in your prayers.
1: Thanks, everybody. We will uh, be back soon, but if you're thinking about us this morning, be praying, because we're about to... uh preach
0: the gospel again there's a few hundred people here already and it's about to fill up with even more Um, it's hard to explain just how remote this place is but uh, thanks to your generosity thanks for trusting us with your generosity the land we're standing on is now owned by the local church uh, in a community that has had no church before and Jesus has come there's a pastor that has moved here we're very excited to see what's about to happen here we've already been able to hand out food uh, some supplies for some folks we're gonna build a school here we're gonna drill a well Um, that's all in the future, but for today, just be praying for that God will be glorified and uh, we will see you soon. Bye. Awesome. It's pretty incredible. There is, um, so that, I don't know if you could really make it out in the background, but it's, it looks like branches because basically it is all kind of, uh, tied together in the background. It's, it's actually probably close to about the size of this room and, um, and they kind of pay as you go. And so the next step of that will be to start framing that out in brick and uh, mud. And uh, it's going it's to be a central hub in that village. There's going to be, like you said, there's going to be a school there. We've got plans to drill well there to bring water um, to them, which is, it sounds, sounds so simple. The stuff that we take for granted is to actually have shelter and have a uh, clean water source. And that's just not the case for them. But that's changing. And so they're going to have a water source which enables us to teach them about living water and, um, and change that village drastically. Would you turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 if you have your Bibles this morning? If you don't, it'll be behind me. And I, I just want to share um, a thought this morning. It's um, a very familiar thought, a very familiar passage. Um, but I want us to be reminded of what the word says about time and seasons in our life. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1, I want us to read this. It says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep And a time to laugh. Thank goodness, we laugh a lot around here. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain, a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence. And a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. And if you jump down to verse 11, it says this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Let's pray. Lord, would you... Um, would you just shine a light upon our hearts and on the Word this morning that um, that we would leave differently than we came, Lord? That uh, that you would start to prepare our hearts, or that uh, just a a spirit of humility we would just be in this room, so that we can hear your Spirit speak to us and through us this morning in your name. Amen. Over the past few weeks and few months, I've I've noticed myself saying, and some of you guys, actually a lot of you guys, saying phrases like, wow, I just can't believe um, what time of year it is, or I can't believe uh, that Christmas is in like five months, um, or, you know, man, that felt like that was yesterday, and we're talking about something that happened like a year ago. Um, we think of that around here a lot. It's like, man, have, have we been here three years already in this building? It's amazing, Um, but this constant conversation that time is flying by and moving fast, and we talked a little bit about it um, back in March and spring we were talking about Breathing Room, our Breathing Room series, and learning to create margin in our life, and how we are so um, susceptible of pushing our lives to the edge of everything, not leaving enough margin in there to really slow down and, and take inventory of where we're at in life. And so as I've been kind of thinking about that, and, and, and probably it could be just the fact that, you know, my oldest son just got his driver's license, and it's just like, what? Um, just that time is just flying by. And how do we reconcile that? See, I think um, many times we get caught in, um, in just seeing what's right in front of us. We, we take this slice of time that's happening right now, and it becomes the normal for us. We use words like always and never to de- kind of define the season that we're in right now in this timeline of life. And we paint in broad strokes. You know, I think of many of you young parents and young moms that have babies. Um, they will eventually, they go to sleep at some point. They will stop crying it's a season of life they're in right now, right? Like, that's just the way it is. But when you're in the middle of it, you think, will this ever end? What is next? And I think it's, we look at it the same way, like with our finances, maybe, or even in our relationships, in our marriage. Um, we're so zoomed in to what's happening right now in our life that we forget that God is painting a bigger picture. And we're so zoomed in to this slice of time that's happening right now that we. We think that it's permanent, that it was never going to change. And that's just not true. As I've gotten older, I've learned to zoom back and kind of see the bigger picture of what's happening. Um, I think when you're younger, you tend to uh, absolutely uh, whatever's happening right here is is the thing that's going to define you the rest of your life. But as you get older, you kind of start, uh, you hopefully, you start to zoom out and see, wait, there's way more going on here than... I suspected. In Ecclesiastes, it's Solomon speaking here. He's talking, he's teaching, and Solomon was a king. He had everything, everything. He, had, he was the richest man in the world, the wisest. He had more power than he could ever have hoped for, and he's looking back on his life, and he's evaluating and makes this observation that it's all just fleeting, And honestly, all of us, we have, what, maybe 70, 80, if we're lucky, 90 years on this life, and it's just a blip on the screen, especially when he's put eternity in our hearts. In verse 11, he says this. He says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And that's a big reminder for us that there is a bigger picture happening we can't see the whole scope of it. God has a different perspective. So I want to illustrate this with this simple little game. We've got our conduit kids in here today, our first through fifth graders. Would you give them a hand for behaving, listening, being quiet so far? So good. So we're going to play this little game, kids and adults. This is kind of an all-skate. Everybody participate. Shout it out. So I'm going to put an image on the screen. So we're going to put the first image on the screen, and you're going to guess what it could be. Zoomed in really close. Okay, I want you guys to guess what maybe that could be. So it's maybe it's the sky. Maybe we're outside. Any guesses? Door, could be a door. All right, zoom out a little bit more, Sue. Okay, any hints? What could it be? I heard it. Conduit church sign, that's a good guess. Zoom out one more time. It is. Conduit church sign. All right, so now you kind of get the flow of it, all right? All right, let's do it again. Let's zoom in close. What do we see? Okay, we see some foliage. We see uh, maybe a a tent or a covering in the background umbrella. Okay, zoom out one more time. Hmm, Your suspicions might be confirmed. One more time. What do we got? Chick-fil-A. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Chick-fil-A. All right, there's, there's bad news and there's good news. The bad news is Chick-fil-A is closed today. But the good news, the good news is that it's open tomorrow, and I'm available for lunch, and I will receive in Jesus' name lunch from you as well as gift cards of any amount. This is my favorite restaurant. I love Chick-fil-A. OK. All right, let's do this one more time. I right, zoom in. All right, what do we got? What do we think it is? Zebra. OK? shirt of some sort. All right, let's, let's, let's zoom out a little bit. Mm, Okay. We got a face. We got a smile. Okay. I don't know. The big reveal. What is it, Sue? What are we looking at? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Patterns were large and in charge. The vest may make a comeback. You can't really, see. you can kind of make it out, but I mean, he's rocking a mullet. I mean, it looks good. Pastor Darren and his lovely wife, Shannon, 1993. Ooh, those were good years, right? That was a good year. But this illustrates this idea that when we zoom in super close, we lose clarity. And I think we're super guilty of that. And I'll speak for myself, I know that I am. When we zoom in super close, when we zoom in close to our scenario, our circumstance, wherever we're at in life right now, it's hard to make sense of it all. So the encouragement is to zoom out, to zoom out, see the bigger picture. I can remember being 18 years old, lonely and longing for a wife, and I was hoping, man, someday wouldn't it be great just to just to have have a wife? And I, I just I was just ready to go find a wife. Thank goodness Jennifer walked in. Hallelujah. We dated, we got engaged, we got married, we made it happen. So 20 years old, we get married, and it's like, you know what, this is good, but, man, wouldn't it be great if we had kids? Like, not really, I mean, we're content in this season, but, man, wouldn't it be even better if we had kids, and move on to this next season of life? I wanted to be a young dad. Well, the Lord granted that which, uh, six weeks after we got married, we got pregnant, so he, he honored that. Micah, the oldest, was born nine months later, and uh, like, man, well, he, he needs a little brother or a sister. I mean, wouldn't it be great if he had, you know, you, you start kind of wishing things away, right, moving on to the next thing, and so sure enough, the Lord heard the cries of our heart for a little sibling, and Micah's nine months old, and we find out that five months later, Gabriel is ready to come. So that's why we have two kids 14 months apart by the age of 22, uh, and then, you know, so you're in the middle of that season, and they're crying, and they don't stop, and they don't sleep ever, and it's this season of life. You're like, Lord, I, like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I signed up for the kids part, but that, this crying and no sleeping thing, that, that's not part of the season I was talking about. And for us, even Micah, who, he had a, some medical issues, some allergy problems, but I mean Micah uh he's he went five years never slept through the night. It wasn't until he was five years old that uh <laughs> it was a Saturday morning, I remember it like it was yesterday because I prayed hard for it. <laughs> we woke up at like nine thirty ten in the morning thinking, oh, is he even alive? Like what is he the sun's up? He slept through the night and I did the math, that's 1,825 nights consecutive that he did not sleep. Now I wonder if he'll ever wake up. He's 16 years old. And it's, uh, it's like, Micah, it's like lunchtime. Like, why are you not moving? I don't understand. But when I'm in that season of life of, of babies and, and, and littles, and you, a lot of you guys are there now, it's hard. It is so hard. And I remember... I remember during that time, I mean, honestly, that was probably one of the hardest seasons. It wasn't one of the, it was the hardest season of Jen and I's life. Uh, We were sick all the time. We never had sleep, so physically we were wore down. Mentally spent, we had no solutions. Why? Spiritually drained. And in the middle of that, while it took five years, you, be, you begin to think that that's the new normal. Like this is just how it's going to be. And it's hard to think and process. Well, no, this is a season of life. You know, you've got your parents and your grandparents telling you, no, this will pass. Just hang in there. Be encouraged. But when you're in the middle of it, you don't feel that. And maybe that's you. Maybe maybe it's kids. Or maybe it's, maybe it's the job that you drive to every day that you're just like, man, I'm just, I'm over this. I'm done. Or it's a relationship. Maybe it's a spouse and you're thinking, if I've got to go through this one more day with this person, you're fatigued, you're tired. Paul reminds us to not grow weary, to not get, ex- to not get tired, to not get exhausted. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, he says this, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season or in due time, we shall reap or receive or have a benefit or a reward if we do not lose heart. And maybe it could be read this way. Let us not grow weary while doing good or while going to our job and providing for our family. Do not grow weary while taking care of our kids and feeding them at all hours of the night. Do not grow weary of working hard to make sure our marriage and our relationship is healthy. Do not become exhausted. Do not give up while doing good. For in due season, in due time, we shall reap the reward. See, in the natural we understand this and we see it happen all all around us. It's this idea, it's an agricultural metaphor that Paul uses a lot where you plant, You water and you harvest. And I think we are super guilty of planting and wanting to pluck it. We want to plant it, whatever that is. We plant this, the Lord plants this seed into our hearts for whatever this this job or this opportunity or this passion or this direction. And we want to see results like now. Or it's maybe it's in our marriages. We've committed to that person, or maybe it's broken. And we want it fixed now. That's just not the case in the natural, in the spiritual. Plant, water, harvest. It's a season. We have to ask ourselves, do we trust the process? See, a part of the planting and the watering and the harvest that we fail to forget or that we don't embrace is the watering part. Right? Like we struggle with the water part. Because water requires what? Rain. We don't like rainy days. We don't like storms. Maybe you do. Maybe you love storms. I kind of do when maybe I'm falling asleep. But generally speaking, symbolically, we don't don't like rain and storms. We forget that that is a crucial, imperative part of the season. Whether good or bad. Maybe, maybe you're not going through a rainy season right now in your life. Maybe, it's, maybe maybe, today, maybe outside, the weather that we're experiencing this weekend is symbolic of your life right now. It's beautiful. The sun is shining. 83 degrees. no humidity. You're riding with the top down. Things are good in your life right now. Wind's blowing in your hair. Radio's turned to 11. It's good. And I'm happy for you. And I sincerely, I'm happy for you. Because we have good seasons and bad seasons. But the thing you got to remember, and one thing that I've learned, is that you're either coming out of a storm or you're heading into one. And to not get too comfortable on the sunny days. Because the thing that we tend to do in the sunny days is it becomes about us, right? Like, man, man, I'm, we've got it made. We made all the right decisions. And this is good. I'm providing for my family. Our marriage is amazing. Like, we start to take credit in the glory for it. When it's the Lord that provides all that, if we're truly seeking him. And the opposite is true. In the rainy season, in the rainy days, it's not of the Lord. Man, this can be of the Lord. When things are bad, isn't it amazing how we kind of shift the focus? Like when things are bad, it's like, God, you, you got to get me out of this. Like, this is of the devil. The storms, the, the troubles, the challenges, we immediately try to cast that away instead of embracing it. Maybe the Lord's trying to teach you something. Maybe He has you, in part of the formula, part of the equation of growth is the water and the rain and the storm. Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. 14, I don't have this verse loaded, came to me this morning. It says, I will send rain on your land in its season. He's saying it's going to come, like I will send. I will send rain on your land in its season. It doesn't say forever. It doesn't say always. In its season, both autumn and spring rains so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. He's speaking of a harvest to come. So if you're in a season where you are, you're fatigued, you're frustrated, you're tired, know that it, it's probably growing something inside of you. You don't, you don't see the bigger picture yet. You got to zoom out, just like we did. Zoom out to see what is he trying to teach you. See, when we talk about time in scripture, there's, there's two Greek words that always allude to time. So when you see time, it's either referencing Kronos or Kairos. Kronos or Kairos. So Kronos is kind of how we always operate in things. It's linear. It's sequential. It's in order. It has a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's timeline of life. You're born. You grow up. Adolescence. You're an adult, and then it's there's there's an end to it. I mean, we all going to have a birth certificate and death certificate. Kronos, time. Then there's another meaning in the Greek for time. It's called kairos. And that simply means the right opportune moment or season. It's a, it doesn't have necessarily a, a beginning and an end as much as it, it's just a season. It's the right time. It's the right opportunity. It's the right moment. And I think we miss, we miss the kairos moments because we're frustrated with the kronos. We miss the moments, the seasons we're in, because we're frustrated at how long it's taking. We hoped, man, that it would be this long. Like, why am I still fussing with her three years later? Like, why can't we figure this out? Why do I still have this job that I can't stand? Like, I put in all these resumes, and we get frustrated with with, with the time frame in which the season that he's put us in for now. We're zoomed in too close. Zoomed in too close. He reiterates this again, Paul does in 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart. He's starting it with the same verbiage that he did in Galatians. Do not lose heart. Do not grow weary. Or the opposite is be encouraged. Though hourly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Outwardly, we are wasting away. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. Our flesh is failing every day. We're getting older. You were older today than you were yesterday. But yet inwardly, our spirits are being renewed day by day. Kairos, in those moments. For our light and momentary troubles, momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory, that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Praise the Lord. It's just like that little game we played, like picture up close. I mean, we thought it was a zebra maybe, or a referee, or a pattern, black and white stripes, whatever. You couldn't couldn't make it out. And many times we live our life in that frame of what we see right there. But see, God who created the universe and created you, guess what? He also created time. So he is is above that and can see everything. He can see the whole picture. Kairos. He can see the moments. He can see the seasons. And he's encouraging us to do the same because we, we live in this timeline always. I think as part of our Western culture that there is there's this there's this order that happens. Obviously, seven days a week, twelve months a year. And we're constantly moving towards something all the time. But we have to remember that he put eternity in our hearts and that he's viewing it above that and sees the whole picture. And I think that's one of the reasons we get frustrated with how things are going. Because we constantly live it in the chronos, the sequential, the order, the day-to-day. When God is looking at this in the big picture, the eternity, he's encouraging us to do the same, to be wise in counting the seasons, to zoom out. I want to show this video here in a second. And I want you to... um, I want you to take inventory of the season you're in right now. Again, maybe, maybe this season for you is, is healthy and it's strong. Thank the Lord for it. Pray for protection, continued favor. But know that that harvest won't last forever. Like, there's always a planting, a watering, and a harvest. Like, that's the cycle of, of things. So, while it may be good and strong and healthy now, how can you prepare your heart for the planting and the tilling so that he can plant something else in your heart? And if you're going through a rainy season in your life, how can you learn to zoom out in the field of your heart, be able to embrace that rain so that the roots can start to grow? that you can start to learn what it is he has for you right now. Let's watch this video.
1: Xenosine. It's actually just after you're born that life flashes before your eyes. Entire eons are lived in those first few months when you feel inseparable from the world itself, with nothing to do but watch it passing by. At first, time is only felt vicariously as something that happens to other people. You get used to living in the moment because there's nowhere else to go. But soon enough, life begins to move and you learn to move with it. And you take it for granted that you're a different person every year, upgraded with a different body, a different future. You run around so fast the world around you seems to stand still, until a summer vacation can stretch on for an eternity. You start to feel time moving forward, learning its rhythm, but now and then it skips a beat, as if your birthday arrives one day earlier every year. We should consider the idea that youth is not wasted on the young. That their dramas are no more grand than they should be. That their emotions make perfect sense once you adjust for inflation. So for someone going through adolescence, life feels epic and tragic simply because it is. Every kink in your day could easily warp the arc of your story. Because each year is worth a little less than the last. And with each birthday, we circle back and cross the same point around the sun wish each other many happy returns but soon you feel the circle begin to tighten and you realize it's a spiral and you're already halfway through it. as more of your day repeats itself you start to cast off dead weight and feel the steady pull toward your center of gravity and the ballast of memories you hold on to until it all seems to move under its own inertia so even when you sit still it feels like you're running somewhere. And even if tomorrow you'll run a little faster and stretch your arms a little farther, you'll still feel the seconds slipping away as you drift around the bend. Life is short and life is long, but not in that order.
0: What season of life are you in right now? I believe that there's sovereignty in the seasons. He is in control. He has a purpose for you. There's a bigger picture at play. And I encourage you to zoom out and find hope, find encouragement, find meaning. We've been talking about quenched. You would find meaning and purpose through the Holy Spirit in your life. Sometimes that quenching power comes from rain and the storms of life. But it's there on purpose to teach us and to grow us so that we look more like him. Would you stand with me as we pray? Lord, thank you for the power of your word. Lord, we trust you in all things, not just when it's good. Lord, we trust you through the hard times. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. But we ask for clarity, Lord, and we ask for wisdom. Lord, that we would learn to zoom out and see the bigger picture. Lord, that you would give us just incredible insight and wisdom and clarity in whatever season we're in right now for the next step. Lord, that we would till our hearts enough to where the seed that's planted will take root for when the storm comes so that seed doesn't blow away, but it takes root through the life-giving Holy Spirit. And that when it comes time for harvest, Lord, that we would give you the glory for it, that it's not about what we've done, but what you've done through us. Lord, that it would be a harvest so great, so miraculous, so meaningful and powerful, Lord, that we know they could only come from you. Lord, continue to work in our lives. Lord, help us to come to you in prayer throughout the week, seek your face through your word and through song, through each other, through the fellowship. Lord, because when it's hard, those hard times allow us to lean on others. And maybe that's just even the point of it, that it allows us to bump into each other so that we may encourage each other along the way. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through us, Lord, through this church body, not just here, but across the world. May we embrace the season we're in and live it for you. It's in your name, amen. Kids, you did a fantastic job today. We have, if your parents will let you, we've got suckers and candy down front as a reward. Adults, you did fantastic as well. You may also have a sucker or some candy. You guys have a great week. Love you guys.